We are in our final structure here as we're talking about seeking what we are all looking for, uh, the things in our, uh, in our life that make us who we are, uh, what things, what questions we ask, and that, that really illustrate that humans aren't really so different from each other. Uh, inside, we want just a few basic things, and we've been working our way up, and we get to the final one, and I think probably we could all guess what thing that, that, that we all want. We all want something intellectual. We talked about that. We all want something social. We, we all crave that. Uh, and we all, without any surprise, crave something spiritual. Uh, if you Google it, right, you will find some interesting things. You'll find that it is uh, defined differently. Uh, the word spiritual is... Um, Defined as something that, first of all, is very meditative. If you Google, just Google and, and, and hit images, and this is kind of the thing you're going to find. Uh, and apparently being spiritual is better done either by uh, a body of water or up in the mountains. You can apparently get more spiritual there. <clears throat> uh, no, no pictures of being spiritual in the city anywhere on Google. And, and I know it's on Google, so it's correct. So, uh, also, uh, being spiritual has, has some different definitions based on Google Images. Uh, stacking rocks, uh, uh, incense, and, and various types of oils, and um, whole foods uh, is apparently... Uh, I, I found that one the, pretty interesting. Uh, that I thought that was honey. and I, I know, I'm sure, honey is very spiritual. Uh, but that's actually butter. Uh, and butter is... And certain kinds of butter are very spiritual. Uh, this is uh, something called ghee butter. I don't know if anybody has ever heard of that. But apparently, if, you're, if your butter has water in it, it's very unspiritual. You want to stay away from that stuff. So, so there you have it. Uh, Matthew chapter 13 uh, is going to tell us a little bit uh, of some, some of the things that we are seeking. Uh, I think I have that up here. Matthew 13, uh, verse 44 through 46, it says, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. And in joy he goes and sells everything he has, and he buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant. He's searching for fine pearls. And when he finds one pearl of great value, he went and sold everything he had, and he bought it. Um, all people are searching in life for something of significance. Uh, now, these parables tell us of, of different kinds of people. And some will say, wait a minute, the first parable is not a guy seeking. He's just kind of going through a field. I don't know if he's, uh, he's just cutting across someone else's land or something. Anyway, and, and he comes across a treasure, and, he, and we know the story, he buries it and everything else, and then comes back, and then he... He wasn't looking for it. Uh, we're not going to get into these parables. We, we actually covered them here not too long ago. Uh, and I, I want to point out just a couple of things from these parables that illustrate what we're going to get into. Uh, they confirm uh, a truth. The same truth underneath it is that they recognize value. Right? Uh, they, that these people recognize things of value, and people recognize spiritual value. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody in the world is going to sell what they have when they come across it and, and say, oh, you know, I, I like this better. If it was, we would be breaking down these walls, and, and we'd have built 
much bigger churches all over the place, uh, church buildings, right? Uh, we, we, would have, we would have built much, much more because everybody would want it. And some people recognize the value, but they're simply not willing to exchange what they already have. Right? That's just some people. There are lots of pearls, and we're going to talk about this. A lot of pearls of, of great price. I mean, there's a varying value. It's not to say that there's only one pearl in life. There's just one that's more valuable than all the others. Uh, and, and we'll get into that in short order. But this is, this is the truth, that every person recognizes a need for something to fill their lives. We all, people define it differently, uh, and, but they're all looking. Everyone is looking for something of significance, something of value. Well, we would have to define being spiritual if it's, uh, if it's not stacking rocks. Then, then what is being spiritual? Uh, we just kind of want to look at this uh, here as, as we're going to be talking about what we all want. It is something invisible, right? It, we know that spiritual is, is inside of us. We're looking for something that, that appeals to my, uh, the, the invisible part of me that makes me what I am. And people look for it in all sorts of areas, uh, some, even in the things that we've talked about, whether it be social justice or various things, people, people, some, some type of cause that people have. And that's fine. Some people look for it in the intellectual. They confuse the intellectual with the spiritual. And they think that they will find meaning in, in intellectual pursuits. That's a little pearl. They will, find, uh, they will find value in family. People devote a lot of time to their family. That's not a bad thing. Certainly it's good to devote time to your family. Uh, but some people structure their entire idea of, of life around family. Um, and, and think that that will bring uh, this spiritual fulfillment. But we do recognize, before we at least get into, into what it is and how we, how we get it, that it is something invisible that gives meaning to the visible. And that's going to be important as we, as we look at what we want and, and, and why we want this, why this is a part of my nature. What we all want, let's, let's look at a couple things that we all want. And again, we're lopsided, we go through it different ways. But um, when I was a little kid, played baseball. I played baseball for two years before we moved, and I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I wasn't great. Um, I was really short, and uh, I was a lot better in my mind than I thought, you know, than, than in reality. But... The first year we played, our team took second place in the thing. And I got this trophy. A little, you, you, you came in second, and I think there was like six teams. And uh, so, so I guess it wasn't too bad. There's a lot, of, a lot of teams that would have wished that, well, there were fourth that wished they could have had that trophy. And they, they didn't give out participation trophies back then. We just got first and second. If you played in the last... Yeah, the last series, then, then you got the second place and first place trophies. I don't know what happened to that trophy after, like, the first week. I hated that trophy. 
I hated that trophy because it reminded me that we lost. It wasn't, it wasn't a, a reminder that there were four teams that were worse than us. It, it reminded me that we didn't accomplish what we set out to accomplish. That's all it was, so I lost it. The next year, we beat the same team, and I got this trophy. It was like this. I think, it, I think it's still in my mom's house somewhere. It's still somewhere like in our basement or whatever, probably. I loved I, I carried that. We moved, and I carried it. I took it with us. We moved again, and I took it with us. That was important to me. That was a, a milestone of my life. It meant we accomplished things, right? We all want some things. We want self-worth. We want self-esteem. And somewhere along the way, this, I don't know what happened, but between then and now, self-esteem, that, that good feeling that used to be a, a product of accomplishment, became uh, the goal. In other words, uh, it, it was no longer a byproduct of something, but self-worth became the goal. And we have to instill self-esteem. And so this happened. Where everybody gets an award. Right? And, and I'm not for or against. Yeah, well, I am against. But I, 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 won't, make it, I won't make it a big thing. Right? We'll, we'll say it that way. If, if, you give a, if, you're, if you're big on participation awards, that's great. Uh, I can just tell you that, that I, I, I watched. He's not here, so I'll tell the story. I wasn't going to tell the story. Because uh, I didn't want to feel bad, right? Self-esteem. But Benjamin was, or Julian was in track. He's not got the physique for track, and he's not got the uh, he's not got the physique for track. We'll just leave it there. <laughs> he's kind of a loper. And he, they had like seven seven places or eight places. It was the YMCA, and, and we did this thing, and and, and they didn't have enough numbers for how far behind he was for ribbons. So, so they gave him like a, whatever ribbon, whatever, whatever the last place was, he got this ribbon. And they were taking pictures, and he's just looking at this thing. <laughs> I'm just telling you, kids aren't stupid. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not big on him. It, but, but largely, I'm not big on the idea of, of it being a purpose. Self-esteem is, is, is valuable. We all want it. It is a part of our nature. But as, as a means, it's not important. It, it, as, a, as a method, that, that this is what we're trying to accomplish instead of getting it the right way. And we're going to talk about getting it the right way. But we all want self-worth. And trying to artificially create it is not helpful. It, it actually it produces something worse. It produces, it produces adults that, that have to have themselves constantly uh, affirmed all the time. Go on Facebook. You'll see it. Where people constantly need to, to be affirmed. Because they grew up needing this constant self-esteem and I don't know why they didn't have the self-esteem in the first place we could get into that that's a, another discussion but whether we like participation awards or not that, that's really an aside the fact is is its existence the existence of a participation award 
confirms a truth. That we all are designed by God with a need for self-worth, for self-esteem. We all have it. And that goes into spirituality. Galatians 1, 9 and 10, another thing that we all want. As we've said before, so now I say again, if anyone's preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you've received, let it be accursed. For now am I seeking the approval of man or of God? Am I trying to please man? If I were trying to please a man, uh, I would not be a servant of Christ. We all want approval. Very similar, but, but slightly different. Now, Paul addresses this basic need for approval that we all have. And it's interesting, is that we all have this approval, this need for approval of mankind. God's not, uh, Paul's not saying that we shouldn't seek approval from humans. That's not what this verse is saying. This verse is talking about when my need for approval from humans and my need for approval from God come into conflict, which one do I choose? That's the problem. We all need attaboys. That might be where some of that lack of self-esteem comes from. It is, is that when, when kids do accomplish something, if they don't get approval, then, then they have this lack. And now they go through seeking for this, this self-esteem that, that, that should have naturally built up, this approval from humanity that we need, that we crave. Some of you might disagree, but and, and maybe there's a maybe there's a, a point at which you know we could we could come up with an equation. But but there's a, a point at which you would take a job for less if it meant approval from your boss, as opposed to a, a job that paid more and you never got thanks. You never got approval. You never got anything. There, there's a, there's a financial point at where you would make the jump. Because we crave approval. We need it. Money doesn't build self-esteem. Money doesn't build approval. So, we need these things. I'm not willing to sacrifice doctrine to get approval. These people were, apparently. Or, or some. But having looked at just two things that we need, and, and the topic of spirituality is so much deeper. We can talk about a lot of things. We just can talk about two. So we want to look at why we want this. Genesis 2-7 establishes one idea. The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living creature. And this is kind of important. We've talked about being made in the image of God last week and what that signifies. But this gets to our identity. And we need to understand that the way we tend to look at ourselves and reality is a little bit different. How we tend, I tried to figure out a way to kind of, you know, picture this. This is kind of my idea of how we look at ourselves. We kind of look at ourselves as a body and we talk about having a soul. Don't we? We always talk about having a spirit and having a soul. We have the, like it's a, a part of us. Like I have a heart and I have lungs and I have a soul. And, and it's just a part of the whole mix. And it, 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 but there's me. We tend to look at ourselves as a physical structure with a soul. And that's not the identity. That's not the description that God gives when he makes us. The real picture is that we are a soul. God does not consider us a living human being 
until we have the soul. In other words, the body's kind of an afterthought, even though it was made first. The body's just like, like uh, my kids think that toast is just the carrier for Nutella, right? It, it's just, and you can tell by the amount that's layered on there. Like, like it's just what's necessary to get the Nutella into my mouth. And, and that's kind of, that, that's the way really the body is. The body is just there to be a container for the soul. The soul is the valuable part. And you can tell because God says, there's coming a point in time where I'm going to get rid of the body. It's not really necessary. The soul is the valuable thing. The soul, that spirit, is what gives me my identity. And it's from where all my desires inside of me come from. This need for self-worth has nothing to do with my body. And so, my identity is, is one of the, the main reasons for, uh, for this need, for this uh, need for approval and this need for, uh, for self-esteem. It, it's put in me with a spirit. Most people at some point will admit to feeling unfulfilled in some way. I, I need something more. Right, you, you set a goal, <clears throat> and, and you get to the end of your goal, and you're like, huh? Right, have you ever done that? Like, like, like college. I'm going to graduate with college or, or high school, whatever it is, and, and it's going to be awesome. And you get to the end of it, like, ah. oh, I'm going to get this job, or I'm going to get this motorcycle. Right? And, and, and you ride around on the motorcycle. It's cool. All right, it's cool. But it's not fulfilling. So, so, so people look for those, those filling those spiritual needs with, with physical things. That's a, that was our very first thing where we talked about. And it doesn't accomplish. And so people run to all these pearls because they're thinking of themselves as a physical creature and they think that a spiritual need is going to be fulfilled based on their identity as a physical being. they misidentified who they are and what they are. And so they're attempting to fulfill a need the wrong way. And we will always... And, and, and so this causes depression. Serious depression. Because we're constantly trying to accomplish something the wrong way. And we don't recognize here's the problem. At some point, everyone intrinsically addresses another need. Right? Why we want this. What is the most sought after question? Is our need. Right? All human questions or most asked questions are why am I here? What is the meaning of life? Some form or other, the most common question we have has to do with our purpose. That's what we want out of life, is to have a purpose. And so without purpose, we will get into and we will see depression. Other things in life are valuable, but they cannot fill up the need. Oh, for a while that will give us a sense of direction, a sense of value, a sense of accomplishment... I will accomplish things and I'll be able to get a good feeling from it. I, uh, when, I got a good feeling when, when I won, the, you know, as a, as a part of a team, when we won 
A championship, that, that was a legitimately good feeling. But it doesn't last. By the end of the summer, then the next year we moved to Texas. I, at four foot eight, I wasn't getting on a baseball team. Not in Texas. <laughs> right, so, so, uh, so that good feeling's gone. That's in the past. Right? And, and we can go from thing to thing to thing to thing. And so we seek purpose in a number of ways. Again, family, humanitarian causes, work, some type of physical thing that we can try to quantify success through. And we want to seek it a higher way, obviously. I want to look, we're going to turn to Ephesians chapter 6. There's a little bit of a longer section here. So Ephesians chapter 6, beginning in verse 5. So slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win and favor them with your eyes on you, but as servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not men, because you know that the Lord will reward everyone for what good he does, whether he is a slave or free. And masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Do not threaten them, since you know that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven. There is no favoritism with him. Now, this is in a section. I read the whole thing, so it wasn't taken out of context. Uh, specifically addressing a time where they, where Rome allowed the ownership of slaves. So, as a result of that, God has to come up with how Christians are going to work within that social construct. God's going to have some principles of, of how this works. But until it's gone, we've got to deal with it. But in this, there is a principle. And it applies regardless. And it is valuable to humanity regardless of whatever social structure we're talking about. Doing the will of God from the heart. We all talk about this idea of doing the will of God from the heart. When you look up this phrase or... or there's a bunch of phrases that are like this. The will of God, the will of the Lord, Lord's will. Uh, all the, His will. There's a bunch of phrases in the New Testament. And if you added them all up and looked at them throughout the New Testament, there would be between 30 and 40 of them. And if we broke them down into type, we would look at what this means. And, and what people use a lot of times these phrases to talk about, we would find doesn't exist in the New Testament that I can find. We would find, first of all, these are what we would find. Uh, we would find that uh, there are things that specifically God controls. Like James 4 talks about uh, our, how long we're going to live. Right? That's, that's the will of God. Like, it, it, God wills and we live. All right. that, that's beyond my control. That's just something he says. Oh yeah, <laughs> this is going to happen. All right, so that's one category, and there's not too many verses about some things like that. But uh, we would find another another reference, like in Acts chapter 22, where where Paul is called to be an apostle, where, where God specifically gave a direct order and said, "This is what I want you to do." Now, I've, I've never had that happen. I've never had. I've never been knocked off, you know, knocked out of my car, uh, and a light came down and said, "Andrew, I want you to go to Ukraine." Like that didn't happen. 
right? Uh, th- that type of thing, that's, that's pretty rare. Right? Not too many people have experienced that. Uh, so, so that's rare. But the rest of the scriptures on this topic are going to fall into one category. And that, uh, what happened here? has to do with getting approval of God. What is moral? What, what things are virtuous? That's where, God, where God's will is done. We will not find passages where God says, meditate on the mountain or by the water, until I give you kind of a fuzzy idea of what I want you to do. Not in there. Read it cover to cover. You're not going to find a single verse that says that. God's definition of doing the will of God from heart, getting His approval, has to do with what is moral. What is virtuous. His divine power has granted to us. Now pay attention to this verse. This is very important. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. How much is outside of the phrase all things? Nothing. If I say all good cheese is in Wisconsin, how much good cheese is not in Wisconsin? Right? I use that in different locations. I I, I switch that up by whatever is local. If if all good things are in this, then nothing that is good is outside of that. If all that is necessary, let's read this again. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life, my existence on this planet as humanity, and godliness through what? Through the knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and excellence. In other words, in the understanding of the scriptures is everything you are ever going to need to know what to do. You are never going to have to pray to know what God wants you to do, ever. That's where the will of God is. It is understanding God's idea of virtue and we're going to add one to that because he's going to explain that in Matthew chapter 6 seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and these things will be added to you and this is kind of where we started seeking a kingdom in other words meaningful purpose I'll tell you a story well, let, let's, let me read another passage here. 1 Peter chapter 1. This is a little bit longer. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 through 8. <clears throat> and then I'll tell you a story. Excuse me, that's going to be 2 Peter. Chapter 1, verse 3 through 8. He says, um, I want to read the, the longer verse. We already read it. His divine power has given us everything we need for life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us a great and precious promises so that... Through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith, goodness, and goodness, knowledge, and knowledge, self-control, and self-control, perseverance, perseverance, godliness, and godliness, brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness, love. For if you possess these qualities 
and they are abounding, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I just wanted to flesh that out before we, we uh, and establish that he is talking about virtue and, and, and how that understanding of what God wants fulfills us spiritually. We were in Ukraine when, uh, when Russia invaded Crimea and uh, in, in, in the eastern part of the country. And uh, we were about four hours away from, from fighting. And think about what that would be. Imagine if, you know, Minnesota armed up and they got as far as Eau Claire. That would kind of like, hey, we're kind of nervous, you know. That was what it was like. A family decided they wanted to move to a country that was a little bit safer. Wednesday night came, um, and uh, Andre, they had two, two little girls. And, and the older one was kind of getting towards teenage years, and she had a friend that wasn't so, so great. And, uh, so they, they were kind of worried about her spirituality. And so they decided to move to the country of Minsk. I knew a, a church up there, and he was, his family was originally from there anyway. So they, they knew the area and things like that. So, so they, they, uh, they moved up there, and, and it was a great church. Um, I, knew, I knew people up there for, for many years. And we came in Wednesday night, and um, I, I knew they were already moving. They told us they are moving, and he, he, he said this. He said, Andre said, I would like prayers that this is the will of God. I said, I'm not going to pray. But I was like, you've already decided. You don't care if this is the will of God. You've already made the decision. You've already got your tickets. The will of God was an afterthought. Now here's the thing. What he was doing is really what God wants within the will of God. You're free to make your decisions. What was his purpose? His purposes were virtuous. He was worried about his daughter's spirituality. That is within the will of God. That's what God wants. God wants us to exercise the brain using the principles that he has given us to make the best decisions that we can. That's seeking the kingdom. It's not chanting to know whether God wants me to move to Minsk or not. Use what we have. His divine power has given us everything we need already. Now, we could say, God, there's some things I don't understand, and I'm not sure which one would be a better decision. That's a different story altogether. But, but waiting for God to pop it into my brain, that's not ever promised. We want to look for things and fulfill that spiritual need. It's, it's going to be in trying to live virtuous lives and trying to do what will be the best. So instead of asking questions like, what is God's will? What is God's will here? That is essentially a yes or no question. Should I, shouldn't I? Right, that's it. That, there's no challenge in that. Yes or no? The challenge, Christianity is difficult. This is why a lot of people get, don't want any part of it. It's difficult. The challenge is for us to ask a different question, like what would be better? We don't like that question. When you ask which one would be better, I'm opening myself up to risk, because like, I might not get what I want, because that might not be better. That's hard. 
That might involve self-denial. Which one would be more beneficial for the kingdom, for the church? Those are hard questions. And that's, that's where spiritual work is done. The fact is, is that spiritual has nothing to do with eating butter or stacking rocks. Spiritual is work. There's nothing about being spiritual by sitting cross-legged next to the seashore, where I can find it. Being spiritual is always about work. There's a common dilemma that I've, I've come across. Um, when people start asking about becoming a Christian, there's a kind of a, a bump in the road. And, and I wrestled with how to answer it, and, and someone pointed this, pointed this out, and I thought it was good, and I've kind of kept it in the back of my mind whenever it does come up. One of the things that you, you encounter when you're, when you're talking with someone and they're, they're thinking whether they should become a Christian or not. What, what are the ramifications? And it kind of, one of the things that people think or start to think about is, is does that mean, I mean, I'm basically a good person already. Not everyone's a heathen that's just, you know, out of control, right? I, 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 I get up, I go to work, I don't have like all these, like, by their standards, they, they don't have all these problems. And, and it kind of feels like you're telling me I'm this bad person when I'm not, or I don't feel it. In other words, they, they've done spiritual work in a way. What do you do with someone that's been very religious their whole life, beyond just being a good person? They, they've been, you know, really religious. This is hard, because they, they're spiritual people. And there's an idea that, that they can't be spiritual people unless they're already Christians. That's not true. They might not have been saved by, by God. That doesn't mean that they're not spiritual. If you think about it this way, the Holy Spirit has given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. Spiritual principles are spiritual principles because they work. If an absolute atheist I mean, straight out, hates God. If he answers with a kind answer, it will turn away wrath, right? That's a spiritual principle. It works, no matter who tries it. Spiritual principles work, because they are authored by the Holy Spirit. His divine power has given us all things pertaining to life and godliness, and those life principles work, whether you're a Christian or not. And so a lot of people think that when you're talking to them about becoming Christian, you're invalidating an entire life of spiritual work. And you're saying, everything I've done up to this point is meaningless. And I'm like, no. You start having done a lot of work already. You've got a ton of work that you don't have to do. Some people will become Christians and they have to start from ground zero. You're way ahead of the game. That's valid work. You, you might not have gotten credit for it, but like, like you're, you've been auditing a class. You've still got the knowledge. You you've, you've just didn't get the grade. You just got to get the grade. That's the only difference. And a lot of people don't explain that, I think, sometimes. And I never explained that. And so I don't know if I've ever turned off people you know, in explaining that or failing to. The eternal reward might not be there, but the work has been done. And that's important to communicate to them. So, so it's not like this big implication on them personally. I want to leave you with a challenge. 
as we talk about the spirit and being spiritual and the work that's put in as we talk about those pearls those pearls are wonderful in life but a different way to think about this as we're looking at the, the pearl of great price maybe in some cases we don't have to give them up in, in that sense that's a simple metaphor but to use those for the kingdom. In other words, there might not be a separate, like, okay, everything I've been doing, I have to stop doing and, and, and become a Christian and, and, and to do spiritual work. If, if your thing has been benevolence, and, and that's how humanitarian work was, if a person did that, and that was important, God doesn't necessarily say, well, you have to give that up and be a Christian. But that, that may be found to have value if it's used for the kingdom. If it's used to have an eternal thing other than just to feed somebody. Like if you think of uh, the, the kids that we support, um, and I forget even uh, in what country that is, but um, it's slipping my mind. India. Uh, I thought, what was, isn't there one in Africa that we do as well? Library. Library, thank you. So, uh, but those have like Christian schools associated with them. In other words, it's great to feed the kids and clothe the kids. But the much more value that, that, that's connected with them is the fact that they're growing up with a Christian education. And that's going to be with them long term. That's the value. That's how you take a, a common, ordinary, physical thing and you turn it into a kingdom thing. Family. The same. So many people are devoted to their family as a pearl. And, and, and they, they, they look at it as being fulfilled by the fact that they're shuttling this one off to, to soccer and then it's off to violin practice and then off to here, to this, to this, and this, and this. And, and, and this is where it's going to be fulfilled. If we have our kids grow up and they graduate and they, they've done all, everything under the sun that you could possibly do with a kid. But being spiritual and raising that kid with, with something spiritual is the way that you turn that into something that is long-term valuable. That is where spiritual work is done. That is what God has designed in us. That's the challenge. It may be that we look at the things that, that we are invested in and say, this is not really valuable. This is in my way. That may be a hard question. But it may be in reevaluating how we do what we already do and saying, maybe there's a way that I can turn this deeper and to make this and leverage this. All of the things that we've talked about, the intellectual things, our pursuits, our, uh, our physical pursuits, our interest in, in social things, all of those other things get turned into something valuable as we work our way up and fill that final need uh, for, for the spiritual. <clears throat>